0: The United States of America is called a Christian nation, Christian nation, Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity.
1: Faith, 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 politics, 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 history, 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 and current
0: current events.
2: And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Michigan Panthers won their final game of the 2022 season by a score of 33-21 over the Pittsburgh Maulers last Sunday. Paxton Lynch threw a four-yard touchdown pass to Ishmael Hyman, a three-yard touchdown pass to Lance Lenore, and a five-yard touchdown pass to Marcus Baugh. Corey Rahman returned a fumble 63 yards for a touchdown, and Cole Murphy nailed field goal attempts from 35 and 44 yards to complete the Panthers' scoring. Defensively, Jamison Houston intercepted Vat Lee's pass with 1 minute and 37 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter to seal the win for Michigan, who will receive the first-round pick in the USFL draft next year. Now, here is your moment of clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering.
0: So the Michigan Panthers have first round draft pick. Does that mean they had the worst season of any other team in the uh, United States Football League?
2: Well actually, they ended up with the second worst record, but Daryl Johnston, he used to play as a fullback in, for the Dallas Cowboys. He's in the front office of the USFL. He made a mm-hmm. statement on the USFL Twitter account before that final game of the season that the winner of the game between Michigan and Pittsburgh would receive the first round would receive the first pick in every round of next year's draft.
0: Yeah, I tried to watch a couple of games. And First of all, where where where's the Michigan Panthers out of? They're not out of Michigan, are they?
2: No, they're playing for this season down in Birmingham, Alabama, and supposedly there's going to be three or four teams that will go to their respective cities next season, and then the remaining teams the following year will be playing in their respective states. So I'm not sure where Michigan's going to play. I haven't heard anything yet.
0: Well, I hope when they move to Michigan, they come here as a winning team and not a team like the Lions, the Tigers. Oh, my. <laughs> so. Bears. Well, they the Bears.
3: Good. Be in the Bears. In the original Michigan Panthers, were a pretty good team. They, they won the championship. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, we could sit here and talk about sports all day. And guess what? I really have something more I want to talk about than sports. So, uh, something happened this week. A lot of people on the left got very, very upset. Um, I don't know why. Supreme Court kind of leaked somehow out what they were going to do and what happened actually happened. The surprising point to me is I thought it was going to be a 5-4 to decision, but it was a 6-3 decision from what I'm reading. Um, Yeah, go ahead, Ed.
1: So, This was the Dobbs versus Jackson case, where in Mississippi, uh, the state wanted to regulate abortion more than Roe, and so it became almost a states' rights issue. And Justice um, Roberts agreed in the in the Dobbs decision, making that six to three. Yeah, six to three. However, he disagreed in overturning Roe v. Wade, which was a, a, that was not the case. Overturning Roe v. Wade was never the case. That was a byproduct. I was curious about this all along. And so when Alito and the rest proposed, we just throw out, this is the opportunity, throw it out. That was actually, they were only using the Dobbs case as an excuse to throw out Roe v. Wade. Something, of course, Kavanaugh and uh, Gorsuch and Comey by Kobe Barrett said they
2: wouldn't do.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I I
0: remember during that whole case, the question was asked over and over and over, where in the Constitution are you finding this right? And they couldn't get an answer. And I think that that's telling is, okay if you're going to fight on the constitutionality of abortion, where is this right within the Constitution? I think that's a fair question. What I don't like, and here's what I wish would have been fought. And um, uh, my dear friend, who's no longer with us, Pastor Max, uh, lived his life by how to win friends and influence people through negative thinking. Some of that may have rubbed off on me. I don't know. But uh, I was talking with uh, my dear brother, Ed, earlier today, and he seems to have a little bit more hope than I do uh, in what's going to happen in the state of Michigan uh, I think that uh, in the end, it's going to. It should have been illegal the second that came out here in Michigan. We have a law in the book that says abortion is illegal. You can't kill your baby. Uh, but we had a a, a judge um, decide that he was going to put that law on standby until other things happen. So right now in Michigan, women can still kill their babies uh, for any reason. And uh, or for no reason, and they're also pushing now for this uh, constitutional amendment. They're trying to get signatures, and they man the way they're doing that, uh, they're out on the streets saying this is a, a parental rights bill, giving uh, parents more rights with their children, which is a downright lie. It's nothing more than a way to kill your baby. Don't sign it when they hit you with that, saying this is a parental rights bill. This is to protect the rights of you as a parent over your children. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, but they're lying, downright lying, to get the signatures they need to get it on the ballot. question is, are people going to vote for it? Because even if you read the ballot, that they, the initiative, it pretty much just gives abortion for all and any reasons. And... Uh, With with no, no right at all for the child. I was saying to Ed earlier that I think that whole thing coming out of the Dobbs case should have been this. Children are human and they are therefore covered by human rights. And because they are covered by basic human rights, that they are protected underneath the Constitution. If they were conceived here in the United States, they are underneath the Constitution of the United States. Um. I think that's what they should have found, but that's just me. Joining me today, my two great co-hosts who always have opinion and generally not always the same as me, uh, Phil Stargell and Ed Bondarenka. And I say that loosely because we are off, often in, in agreement, but sometimes we just look at things a little differently. How you doing, well, uh, Phil?
3: I'm doing great, but uh, there's no no distance between us on this issue. My only issue is with Republicans not emphasizing the fact that uh, that there are two people involved in this abortion thing. They give no rights at all to the child, and they cover that by saying uh, the child can't live outside of the womb on its own. Doesn't make any difference.
0: I don't uh, know. I don't know a teenager that can live outside of his room <laughs> on his own.
3: Neither <laughs> I. Neither the right. <laughs> But, uh, but that's that's the whole thing of it, uh, you know. They go to talking about states' rights and all of this. Well, you and I both know that states' rights was an issue that uh, that Democrats used from Jim Crow, and uh, now here they are. They they want to tell you that uh, that 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 it's all right for. Um, um, People to to uh, use states' rights to, uh, to 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 deny the constitutional rights. You know, you make a very a, interesting of, of point. Over in the womb. You
0: make you make a point here on on states' rights issue, and I think what you should cover this is, even though I don't have really great hope for Michigan through this. And I, and I pray I am wrong. I am praying that we reinstate the, the laws that are on the book and that's where it goes and that the, the lying being done on the left to get these petitions signed, that that whole thing will go nowhere, either in the petitions themselves or in the, elec- in the election process. But with all that being said, this, this decision is still going to save hundreds of thousands of lives in states that have outlawed outlawed abortion and are and are working to keep it that way and that means hundreds of thousands of lives are going to be saved and in that I will have to agree with uh, my dear friend Ed Bandareka. he's got he's got hope that something positive will come out of this i'm just thinking that it, it could have been a much more positive thing but uh, i think ed is right when he he does uh, rightfully point out that there's going to be lots of lives saved here just because of this decision. Even if the whole country goes upside down here in two years and they all now legalize it, in the meantime, for a couple of years, we've saved some lives. Isn't that right, Ed? Yeah,
1: I believe so. I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of hope. The, uh, the American people, well, for one, we need a great awakening. We need an awakening. I think we're leading to that already. People are seeing the fruits of of socialism, the fruits of the left, the fruits of wokeness, the fruits of a life without Christ and a biblical centerness to the nation. And even if they don't become saved, they they know the the uh, rationale of biblical behavior as opposed to satanic behavior. And so, I think we're going to see people more and more voting as they're exposed, particularly now when it comes to abortion. With the my wife and I were watching Tucker Carlson last night, and focus on the family. Twice ran an ad about about life, and I'm going to tell you, I posted it on Facebook. Both times, I was just ready to stand up and cheer. It starts out showing an ultrasound of the baby alive in the womb. Then it shows the mother's baby, uh, the mother's belly as the baby's foot is kicking it. It's just and the baby's talking about, "Will I live? Will you let me live?" I'm paraphrasing, just an absolutely fantastic commercial. And as people are more and more confronted with this, and they are, they're gonna realize that's a life in there, we don't wanna kill it. And as to your Supreme Court ruling, they weren't asked that question yesterday or the day before, even you know last year, about the rights of the baby. But at some point, this will become a civil rights case. This will become a natural rights case. And that's covered in the Ninth Amendment. The Ninth Amendment, Covers natural rights that are not ascribed in the rest of the amendments.
4: Yeah,
3: somebody, well, somebody. I think. Somebody, I think go ahead, Phil. I was just saying somebody should uh, uh, give the the Republican people that are, uh, that are on the fence about this thing at least tell them to get the knowledge of the fact that that uh, you are denying constitutional rights trying to use civil rights to uh, to uh, justify your denying this child in the womb his 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 constitutional rights and we ought to have learned something from the slavery thing because my black brothers and sisters are constantly blaming every problem that occurs in this country on slavery and the aftermath who they deny that the democrats are responsible for the democrats are the ones that uh that denied people their constitutional rights and bought and sold them like cattle under the chattel yeah. slave uh tree.
0: you know i i want to point out uh i brought up the ninth amendment and I've heard that ninth amendment used um, for the mother. Hey, this is one of those rights that aren't in the constitution of the state. It's not in the constitution of the federal government. Uh, it's one of those non enumerated rights. Um, and they use it for the, for the woman's right to, to abort her baby. Uh, I like the fact that, Ed, you pointed out that this should, the ninth should protect the baby. That, there, <laughs> that that's where it should be. And as you were saying that something came to mind and that was something that one of our founding fathers said is uh, the constitution, the government we have will only work as long as we live in a moral and religious society. Once we move out of that, the system won't work. In a moral religious society, uh, in a moral society that has faith, the baby's rights would be protected under the ninth. There would be no question about it. It would be the case where that child is seen as a human and has human rights. But we have moved in such a way that this country is no longer a moral or faithful country. And so they will pick the lesser of good sides on this and say, no, it's okay for a woman to kill, to kill that child. Because let's face it, she might want to get a job at Kmart someday or somewhere else. And she can't do that raising a child. So she should have the right to kill it. Um, or for whatever reason, the the rights of the child we we've lost uh, we've lost track of of any moral grounds in this. It brings to me. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Now I will state right now that this is uh, God talking to Israel, not to the United States. But I think the principle involved with it does apply. If my people who are called by my name. Now today, it's Christians who call ourselves by his name, right? So I I think it's pretty inclusive here on that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to, to prayer made in this place. Folks, I, in, right now, as much as I do believe that we are facing uh, a judgment by God, he has turned off his ears to us. He has not gone up there. But even in the scriptures where we see that, there's always a chance for redemption. And this country, if we are going through another, another if we're going to face another great awakening, uh, God's will be done and praise God for that. If this is just going to carry us into just totally destroy us because we have strayed so far from it and we're just going to become one of the one of the nations of the world before the great before the great Armageddon that uh, we're just one of the one of the many countries of the world and we play no major part that's God's will also but we have got to continue to fight within the confines that we can fight in I want to point out when Paul wrote, chapter 13 of Romans, he was in one of the worst prisons that ever existed under one of the worst, most tyrannical leaders that ever existed in, in, in uh, human history under Nero when he wrote Romans 13 saying, hey, God puts those laws and we, we're to follow those laws. And uh, since 1973, we, we saw a very unjust law. We did not take law into our own hands we use the law within the confines of the law to fight it through protest, through prayer. Basically, through the First Amendment, our right to speak out, our right to have faith in God, our right to pray. And that's how we as Christians fought that, that law. We're going to see a lot of things happening in this world that uh, we're going to have to pray for. And I'm telling you now, if you want proof that prayer looks or works, um, look at the Dobbs case. Prayer works. So, uh, go ahead, Phil. I see you there doing a dance. Yeah, actually, yeah. I kept talking just so <laughs> I could keep watching you dance.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, last week you asked that I believe that we were under judgment, and I told you yes. And and and, and that's is even stronger because when you look back at history, this is why we should be very very careful what we allowed. The schools to teach our children, because they have been taught some kind of way that uh, that that it is the philosophy of the Democrats that that uh, looks out for the little guy. Well, you can't get any littler than the baby in the womb that can't speak, can't do because of the, of the environment that he's in. So here, uh, yeah, I believe that. That God has got us under judgment because black people were always known for being a very uh, uh, close uh, walk with God on this time on Earth, especially during the time that they were in slavery. They asked the good Lord to deliver them from slavery, and he did. And what did did, uh, they do in return? They joined up with the people that oppressed them. under The the biggest, in my uh, idea, the biggest example of Stockholm Syndrome ever. Hmm. Because they are in the midst of the evil that they prayed the good Lord to take them out of. And when they were delivered, who did they put their loyalty with? The Democrat Party. The
1: so, let that enslaved them. There's a biblical
3: perspective
1: here, going back to Israel. Deliver mm-hmm. us, deliver us from Egypt, deliver us from Egypt. Oh, I wish we could go back to Egypt. We had leaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and folks, I, I I actually
0: received a lot of emails saying, "This is the world's greatest country. How can you say we're under God's judgment?" Well, open your eyes and take a look. First of all, second of all, it doesn't mean that God has totally. Um, that How do I put this? doesn't mean that uh, we should totally give up on God. It, uh, Brother Ed brought up a great awakening. I said, if that's it, God's will, praise God for that. It's wonderful. And maybe it's the judgment we're under that's going to take us there.
1: Uh, yeah, Ed. When I disagree on judgment, and I see your point, it's, I don't, when I see judgment, I'm thinking of fireballs from heaven, plagues, rivers of blood, you know, locusts. This, these are judgments. Far, or having, they are, or having your nation taken away to Babylon. You know, th- those kind of things. You know, where a prophet clearly says this is going to happen if you don't repent. I think God taking away His blessings, in a sense, is judgmental. But it's more like the response of, "Well, you keep doing that. Why should I reward you?" Well, I think like, it's a little I th- bit less than a judgment.
0: Well, it's kind of like when you break the law, you go to the court, and they just say, "Hey, I'm going to take away your rights. Why should I reward you by allowing you to stay out on the streets? I'm going to put you in jail." Um, there are different levels of judgment. Uh, in which, uh, in this case, uh, him not hearing our prayers until we straighten out—that is a judgment. That is that is something we he he puts upon us. You until you get straightened out. I'm going to discipline you, and this is your oh, judgment.
1: Okay, I understand. And I'm thinking the distinction with a difference is that a judgment is a sentence. Using judgment and behaving that way is not the same as that. You know what I'm saying? A judgment you're is something to say, the yeah. court hangs down, hands down. That's something a judgment is. But using judgment says, well, I'm not going to give you five bucks for a coffee when you can go spend it on liquor. That's using judgment
0: and and i will sit there and say it, it actually is when god stops listening to to our prayers as a nation when he stops when he stops putting his hand out to us i will say that's punitive <laughs> you
1: know and the number is 734-822-1600 speaking
0: of which we got we got i was trying to hold off this phone call but we can take it now i guess um we got plenty of time plenty of time for joe how you doing, Joe? How you doing today? It's nice that you called. I appreciate you wanting to talk to us. And I'm going to just keep talking until we're going to the break and then say, well, sorry, Joe. No. How's it going, Joe?
5: Yeah, going good. First, I want to kind of correct something you said. You said 6-3 decision. Well, Roberts tried to split the baby, so to speak. That's why you could put on a right-leaning station, and they say 6-3. He agreed to uphold the Mississippi law. He dissented, and a left-wing station will say it's a 5-4 decision. He dissents on the overturn of Roe.
0: We said all that, so okay. So, I that a question
5: I may have been on the phone with Derek when you said that part. I just heard the six three part. but the main thing I wanted to say is what that Dick Cupke mentioned the, he thinks the left is overreaching, and I agree what comes to my mind is lies, damn lies, and statistics. When they ask the generic polling question, "Do you support Roe or a woman's choice?" People most often chime up. With, yes, telling the pollster what they want to hear, but the devil's in the details. They do not. The majority does not support partial birth abortion, does not support dismemberment abortion. So they really do not support Roe. And I agree with Dick. This is an overreach. They're overplaying their hand, and they are going to be sorely mistaken if they think this is going to turn around the midterms for them. Oh.
0: All right. Hey, Joe, thanks a lot for calling. We'll be back after these messages.
2: With your host, Pastor Richard Edering on Wow. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Detroit Red Wings defenseman Moritz Seider became the sixth player in franchise history and the first since Roger Crozier in 1965 to win the Calder Trophy as the National Hockey League's best rookie this past Tuesday. Sider accumulated 7 goals, 43 assists, 161 blocked shots, and 151 hits for the 2021-22 season. He scored game-winning goals versus the Buffalo Sabres on November 6th, New York Islanders on December 4th, Philadelphia Flyers on February 12th, and Carolina Hurricanes on April 14th, and tallied at least five hits against the Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Minnesota Wild. Now here's our Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering.
0: That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue Because I can do the boogaloo I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing and That's why I sing, gimme, give gimme, give that ding, ding Give me that ding. I've got to get one of those little bells that you see on a on a hotel type uh, counter, you know, hit that ding every time I come on after that song. I like that song. It's just happy. It's uplifting. It's everything that liberals are not. So, um, <laughs> it's true. Hey, have you ever seen a happy liberal? I mean, a truly happy liberal, progressive. Have you ever seen one? Right yeah. now, both my co-hosts are kind of like shaking their head, got their eyes up, thinking real hard and, uh, you know, thinking, there's got to be one. I have never met one.
3: Never. Camilla, uh, what's her name? Uh, the vice president. She, I, I call her giggles. Well, okay. <laughs> drug-induced, <laughs> drug-induced, uh... <laughs>
0: He does, and you know what? But in my heart, I don't think she's happy. She's the, she's got the lowest ratings of any vice president. She has, she her ratings as vice president is lower than Cheney's was after he shot his buddy. All right, <laughs> <laughs> her, her, she can't be. We know she's not happy, right? Um,
3: but, I've but, never. But but she laughs. I mean, it, the laugh is infectious if, it wasn't, if she wasn't laughing about the wrong
0: thing. That's called think, hysteria. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, a laugh that of
0: hysteria. Is,
3: um, that is, uh, it's funny yeah, to it,
0: me. The, the progressives are caught up into a cult where there is no redemption. Progressivism is a cult where you can find no redemption. And since they can't find redemption, they cannot have happiness, and because they can't kind of have happiness, they're going to stick together and want to kill babies. Got it.
3: Oh, uh, well, what do you think about uh people like Maxine Waters and Corey Bush <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg. and uh what's the lady's name on uh, uh one of the cable channels? Uh,
1: that was no lady.
3: <laughs> well, anyway, but I see so many uh, of, uh, of of black females that are just, I mean, that is hysterical how angry they are. And they're angry at the wrong people.
0: So I have a question. And kind of like was touching on it a little bit. But uh, I'm going to start out the question with this. Uh, myself and my two co-hosts, both at one time in their lives, had taken an oath. An oath to protect the Constitution of the United States. That means that if we were in a position where we had to die for it, we would. Um, I made that oath. Ed, you made that oath, right? Uh, you're, you're muted, Ed. Um, So, uh, don't know how you're muted. I'm not hearing you. But you took that oath too also, Phil, right?
3: Yeah, twice.
0: And I'm going to add, anytime you think you got a fix, just jump in. Because I want to make this point, is we took an oath and we stand by the Constitution. But one thing I can say, I think with surety for me and my co-host, I'm going to speak for Ed here because he can't speak for himself at this moment. Um. Is that as much as we love the Constitution, we love the word of God more. And if it came, now it's working. I heard that huh. thump.
1: Now you're there. I didn't. So you took anything. that oath, That's right? Weird. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Uphold and defend. That's what I was trying to say. Uphold and defend. Yep.
0: And uh, even in the Air Force, I mean, you don't get shot at a lot in the <laughs> Air Force, but <laughs> you would have. Uh, yeah, I'm teasing. Well, I'm okay. teasing. I'm yep. teasing. You know, it's just hard to get shot at when you're working from nine to five.
1: <laughs> well, it depends where you're working nine to five, too. Yeah,
0: it does. Um, no, I actually have a, a, a deep appreciation to any and all of our servicemen, even those in the Coast Guard. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but we, we've we all Boy, taken you
1: that- really do. Get out of there. You know, just come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to get everyone upset. This is my goal today. How to win friends and, and influence oh, people. Thirteen negatively. listeners. Yeah, um, yeah. You got you got three more than me, I think, because you say sixteen for you. So that's that's cool. Hey, thumbs up. Um, so we 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 talked uh, about our love for the Constitution and everything else. Is there any part of the Constitution that you don't like, Ed? Uh, the
1: Seventeenth Amendment. I don't like that. I think it I think that needs to be overturned.
0: Okay, but it isn't, so you still took the oath ulti- while it's there. Well, that's
1: right. It was the will of the people. Yep. Yeah.
0: And uh how about you, you Phil? I'm going somewhere with this.
3: Yeah. I uh I I don't have any disagreement with the constitution at all because it it protects me that's the only thing anything that says that it's protecting the government they don't need any help they don't need protection
0: okay now this is this is the point where i was trying to allude to earlier on all of this we've all taken that oath but like for example when Uh, Roe v Wade was found they made they stated the Supreme Court through their decision basically said ad hoc that the right to kill your child is a constitutional right and we heard that since 1973. It wasn't and that that was pointed out in this last case is you had no constitutional basis for it but we dealt with it as Christians, we dealt with that biblically. We dealt within within the law to change the law. But part of the Constitution we have to remember as Christians there is that there is a thing that allows the government to bring in amendments. Amendments we may not like, such as the 17th Amendment. There there are laws there, and I would argue the 17th Amendment, they kind of skirted how to do that big time. I'm not even sure that that's even there constitutionally. But that's, that's for another show, another day. But there is a methodology for changing the Constitution. And we now live in a world that is not as moral as it used to be, not as faithful as it used to be. And those procedures are in place, hoping that would stay a moral and faithful country. What happens now when they start changing the Constitution within, by using the means of Constitution? I at that point, in my opinion, have to fall back on what the scripture tell me to do. <laughs> what what would Jesus do? What would Christians do back in biblical times? How do we how do we rate ourselves with that? Are we prepared as Christians, knowing that we, we keep pounding the desk on the Constitution? There are some Christians that hold the Constitution as dear to their heart as they do the Word of God. I see a big difference. Because I see a chance for mankind, rebellious mankind, to do things to that constitution that the three of us would not like using the means of doing it. See where I'm going with this? Are we prepared to suffer the consequence? The the constitution we state, we love so much, are we prepared to suffer the consequences of a changing constitution that allows it?
1: A heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, there's... you know that you spoke of changing the constitution. The one way is to pack the Supreme Court. That's the easy way. They're trying to do that all the time, right? The other is, of course, constitutional amendments and uh, oh, and, and that's Congress the of me- states. Yeah,
0: and that's the means that I'm saying. If they use those means, because let's face it, can we say that we have a really moral Congress today? Take a look at our Congress. Is it a moral Congress?
1: No, 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 no. no. And, you know, they found the Supreme Court found Obergefell. In in you know, and they found Roe v. Roe, and uh, they, you know they found stuff in the Constitution that, of course, isn't really there. It's our job. Right. And you mentioned what early Christians should do is this, they did not have a chance to vote on their government; they no. could affect their local community, and so they could be salt and light in their local community. Our obligation is to be salt and light in every aspect Agreed. of our lives, including politically. Right. And 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 thank you for bringing that
0: out is back then they didn't have that right to vote. We do, but that goes back to Romans 13. Romans 13 gives us the right to act within the law to evoke changes and we can. The the book of Romans says that God gives government the sword to wield and, and that's actually talking about even the right to involve capital punishment. He gives the government the right to Wield the sword. We live in the in a country where guess who that government is? It's not the it's not the president, it is not Congress, it is us, we the people. Our government is set up on that we are the government, and therefore we have the sword to wield. And every two to four years, we elect someone to or some people to wield that sword for us. And we as Christians have a responsibility to make sure whoever we pick to wield the sword for us is going to do a job in the way that we see most Christian.
3: Yeah, go ahead, Phil. I don't want blood
0: to run out of your hand and have to
3: amputate. The, yeah, but that's the exact reason why it's so important that we teach the kids the proper uh, history of this country. Because it's what they... Are proposing to do is to turn this country into a one man, one vote situation where everything is, it comes from the, uh, the vote and the ability of the government to control it. If you take away our Constitution or weaken the Constitution, it gives more power to the idiots in Washington, D.C., who, who uh, have their own agenda. If you Absolutely. can, if you can uh, f- enforce the Constitution and make the people in, in the country live by the Constitution, and the government itself respect the Constitution, it, you know the old say, uh, not the old saying, but the saying of when, when, uh, when the when the people fear the government, and all of that. This is what needs to be done. We need and this is why they want to take our guns. Because they don't think about, they don't care about what you say as long as you can't defend it.
0: I'd like and, to point out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make one quick comment and then I'll get to our caller and then I will get to you. Um on, on the whole gun issue. I'd like to point out evil's gonna happen regardless of what you try to regulate. May I remember remind our audience that the very first attack on the schools happened here in michigan i think about 1927 area 1928 schoolhouse it was dynamite uh which was a tool of the time if you're going to start regulating tools that's what dynamite was that is what guns are please understand evil will find a way and you'll have to find yourself regulating anything and everything we touch because man can use anything for evil and so instead of regulating the tools and stuff that can be used for good how about finding a way to deal with the evil of mankind? Hey, I got it. How about prayer? On that note, put on your seatbelts. We have our caller, Walter, on the phone. How you doing, Walter? I'm hoping, Walter. Walter, you're not turned on yet. So, uh, okay, there you, are you go. there, Walter.
6: There you are. I had to wait. I had to wait for that cue, man. Hey, um, that's right. I'm back. It's the right time. Um, the Constitution. It's, uh, I thank God for the Constitution. You know, just like in the, the Bible, it's a covenant, right? He made a covenant. Moses and That covenant reaches down to all centuries. You know, if you apply it to your life, it's for protection. It's for, um, you know, to protect us from uh, man's evil, qu- wicked, evil, and sinful nature. You know, you got to checks and balance on man's evil, sinful nature that will just go off on us, man, if we didn't have something to restrain him, to restrict him. Therefore, we okay. need that Constitution just like we need the Bible as our covenant to live by. Otherwise, there's chaos, there's um, anarchy, and everything else. You know, like the Bible mentioned in the Book of Judges, there came a time when men, and this talking about the Israelites, they did what was right in their own eyes. Isn't that, isn't that a reflection of what the demon murdercrats are today, the Democrats? Yeah. Um, the Constitution, they look at it as a barrier. As a, like Obama said, the Constitution uh, is outdated. I think he made that statement. We know Joe Mid- Biden sees that. Negative
0: Mid- rights. Yeah, I mean, we refer uh, to our rights as negative rights, because it controlled the government
6: and what they could do in our lives. Yeah. Um, that's why they're so hell-bent on talking about climate change, uh, health care, you know, the Rules for Radicals book, The Eight Things, the way you can destroy, eight ways you can destroy a nation, climate change, Obama, uh, the health care, and um, with the gun gun laws and stuff like that, It's, that's, mm-hmm. it's three, that's just three points. It's eight. I got a whole list of eight of them, but I don't have a right with me right now. Democrats are hell-bent on, on talking about those things. And uh, um, and I, I mentioned to Derek, who I think hates their constitution, or they hate uh, some of it. And they just like want to pick and choose. And one of them just manifested their evil heart yesterday. Guess who I'm talking about? Susan Collins. (laughs) (laughs) Who can forget Susan Collins, right? Susan Collins, uh, a collaborator with the Democrats, are just as mad as the devil's burning blistering hell as the Democrats are. Did the Roe versus Wade was overturned? This is what she said about Kavanaugh and Amy and Gorsa, she felt like she was deceived by them. Because apparently they met with her in private and offers or something and told her, it's so what do you think about Roberts? Well it's been said it's already said it's precedent. They love that word, don't yeah. they?
0: Well they and do. I and and make a point. And and the reason work. the reason that they can no, not look at precedent. And Collins needs to understand this. The reason that they could not say it's precedent in this case is Clarence Thomas asked the one very important question. Where in the Constitution is this a right? Show me. And the side for for the R v. Wade side, the pro death side, could not give a constitutional reason why it should be done. And this was the problem with Roe v. Wade from the beginning. It was never about a constitutional right. It ended up being a, no. a privacy thing that they just lumped lumped into the Fourteenth Amendment, but without making the argument for it.
6: It's not there. Yeah, like that the moral issue of slavery. You know, even right. though they might have made it a right in the law, it had no right, no right in the eyes of God, or anything else to be constitutional or whatever. But um, that's or a, within that's a good the point documents answer. of
0: this country, it actually it uh, there were laws on the book, but they were not within the constitution of making it right. even before the amendments. Uh, the the concept of all men created equal went to the signing of the Declaration of Independence. What well, was really bad is we allowed two states, who by the way. Were generally at that time prime, pretty much all Democrats, which was uh, I believe was South Carolina and Georgia, uh, are the ones that's wanted to keep slavery. The rest of the thirteen colonies wanted to eliminate it.
6: Just yeah. and put and, that you know, in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, let me add somebody else to that who hates part of the Constitution. And one and, and one and reason I'm saying that is because it's been proven because that's one of the reasons we got Obamacare through John backstabbing Roberts. And I heard on this, he was six to three decision, but I heard that he made statements like, it ain't time for Roe versus the way to go. We need to, we shouldn't do away with that. He, it is he not, was this is not the, the right time. And I'm thinking it's not the right time to stop killing babies. Idiot. It's not the right time to live out. Uh, stand by the constitution. Idiot. John Roberts. Right.
0: Yeah, like- he, he was sitting on the picket fence and you know, I've never found how that could be comfortable sitting on a picket fence, but that's where he was sitting. Hey, Walter, thanks a lot for your calls. I got another caller. I've got to take, uh, Gary, we got a few minutes for you. Go
4: ahead. Hey partner. Yeah. The, uh, the left seems to think that uh, healthcare and housing and water are rights also, but uh, they're sorely mistaken. Hey, Phil, you were saying that we have to t- teach uh, American history and that's absolutely true, but you have to teach it in the, uh, concept that it's a unique history compared to thousands of years of European history, which was you as an individual were bound to the land, bound to your duke, your king. You had no rights. You had to get permission just right. to get married, permission to move. You couldn't have right. weapons of any kind. That's why there were farm instruments used in rebellions, because you were a serf, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what they want to bring to us. They want to make us solely dependent on the state so that we have no autonomy to do anything of our own with our own free will and um, our freedom.
3: You got it. Man. You got it right.
4: There's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a
0: book out there. And I'm trying to find out who the author, and I should know who the author is. Uh, and I think this book should be uh, Skolzin. Uh, Paul Skosin, uh wrote a book called The 5,000-Year Leap. A Miracle That Changed the World, is the subtitle would, I, mean. I the think that of book, yes. 5,000 Year Leap, should be used in every history class.
4: Well, there, there's no question about it, because, I mean, I can't imagine uh, my life, and of course it would have been c- completely normal 200, 300 years ago, scruffling on the ground, just trying to, to exist um, at the favor of some knight or some king or some lord, Uh, living in a manor someplace that I couldn't even talk to or look at. You know, um, as a a free American, we have so much privilege we don't even know. It's oozing out of our pores, and we don't even know because of what's happened in our education system that you guys talk about. And and it's pathetic that uh, we allowed this to happen. But on a good note, Roe versus Wade is dead. Um, Thirty years of my life has now been vindicated, because that's how long I've been fighting against uh, abortion, And uh, I'm uh, very delighted that this has come down, and uh, we'll continue fighting in other arenas, including in the abortion arena. But it's going to be a different fight, because I think what we're going to fight now is uh, the abortion pill that can come by mail, death by mail.
0: Yep. All right, Gary, thanks a lot. I always appreciate this call. Always
4: appreciate it.
3: Our correspondent in Arizona, our Western yeah.
0: correspondent. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason I, I brought up the question before we took those two callers is this, is there is a, a constitutional measure in which to change the Constitution. And I am terrified that all those negative rights, as uh, Obama called them, those negative uh, rights, the things that interfere with government controlling our lives, that's why they're negative because it, it stops the government from doing things, can go away. They almost were not part of the Constitution. The Federalists did not want them in the Constitution. They did not want the Bill of Rights. You know, we quote the Federalists all the time, but it was the non-Federalists that says, hey, we got to protect the people. We have to make sure that people are protected away from a federal government from becoming tyrannicals. We have to make sure certain rights are protected. But within that same constitution, they made it able to be changed. And my question to my my co-host is, all right, we know what this world is like. We know what they're capable of doing. What happens when we go through a constitutional amendment and it turns the constitution that we know on its
3: head? Well, that's what the Democrats are trying to do now. And they say it out directly. Every time you you look around, you get some Democrat on there talking about uh, this is gonna uh, put an end to our democracy. That's the right there. They have taught our. <laughs> I heard children, Hillary
0: say that the other day, and I laughed.
3: Yeah, they taught our children that uh, that a democracy, or uh, type of government, or a parliament, or a olig uh, uh, oligarchy uh, like they got in in Russia is the best way to do it. We've got the most perfect government, most perfect union ever created and the best constitution Hey, ever. Phil, Phil,
0: Phil. And we're I gotta to cut you us. there, Phil. I gotta cut you there. I know you're all fired up, but folks, it's been great. I love you all. We'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. Have a great day.
1: You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity, on WHAM Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on WAM Radio.